It sure is a good sound hearing you turn your Bibles like that. Second Timothy chapter 1, going to begin reading with verse 5. Let's stand together for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message tonight. Second Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor for me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Let's preach a little while on that reassuring grace. Father in heaven, God, we come to you again tonight, Lord, saying that we love you. Lord, because you first loved us, and we ask your blessings upon the reading of thy word, and Lord, we ask your blessings upon this service. I pray that you'd anoint the message and every word that's said. I pray that you'd draw us all closer unto thee. Lord, be with us in a special way. Lord, season Everything that's undertaken here tonight, in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Under the inspiration of God, it's the Apostle Paul that is writing to Timothy in this personal epistle to him, trying to encourage him in the way and some of the common first words of the Apostle Paul in his messages were the phrase, Grace. To you. And this grace was imparted by the Holy Spirit of God to every believer. And furthermore, Timothy had received special grace. Special grace for the ministry at the time he was set aside for the gospel ministry. And there will be times in your life when things go tough and things go bad. You'll need that special grace. You'll need a reassuring grace uh, that will help you in the time of need. Paul wanted him to stir up the grace or stir up that gift that was within him in order that he might have enough power from God. And of course we know that the Lord's got all power, but he was trying to get Timothy to realize that God is an all-powerful God and He'll give you the power to make it through those days. One reason Paul knew this was needed in Timothy's life was because of the continual battles that he would face. And again, as we face life's battles and as they come our way, we must experience God's reassuring grace day by day. We must be strong in His daily grace. Look at chapter number 2 of Second Timothy and verse number 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 
His grace assures us, uh, uh, reassures us rather, with power. It's not the power of humanism. It's not the power of a human spirit. It's the power of the Holy Ghost of God. The Holy Spirit resides in every born-again believer. Aren't you glad you don't have to wait to a second work of grace to receive the Holy Ghost of God in your life? Aren't you glad that you don't have to wait uh, ten years down the road and then all of a sudden God gives you the Holy Spirit? No, according to thus saith the word, once we're saved, uh, then the Lord Jesus, by the way of His Holy Spirit, begins to dwell inside of you. That's what brings us under conviction when we go down the wrong path. That's what uh, brings us an attention to those things in our life that may be out of order. Thank God that the Holy Spirit does reside in us that are saved. John chapter 3 and verse 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Romans 8, 8 and 9, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. In other words, we're going to have the Holy Spirit of God once we're saved. The Holy Spirit imparts or, or gives that grace and that strength to a yielded Christian. That Christian that wants that grace and wants that power from God. And that strength that he needs. You've got to be yielded toward God as he helps you. Luke 24 and 49 tells us, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. A lot of times uh, Christians don't want to yield themselves unto God and they end up quenching that spirit. First uh, Thessalonians 5 and 19, I believe it is, says, Quench not the spirit. The Holy Spirit as the third part of the Trinity is easily quenched. I've seen it quenched when God would have apply to one's heart that they would need to stand and brag upon the Lord Jesus and they refuse to stand and, and basically rebel against God and it would quench the Spirit of the Lord. I know that there's times in our life when God speaks to us to move and we don't move, uh, then the Lord's uh, Spirit is quenched. It can be a very easily thing that is done if we're not careful. By the way of an illustration, a man said, My wife has not spoken to me in three days. I think it has something to do with what happened on Sunday night when she thought she heard a noise downstairs. She nudged me and whispered and said, Wake up! Wake up! What's the matter? The husband asked. There are burglars in the kitchen. I think they're eating the casserole I made tonight. The husband said, well, that'll teach him. And he rolled over and went to sleep. <laughs> Easily quenched. <laughs> There's just some things we don't need to say. Amen. I've learned that down through. There's just some things, even if it's nothing, there's some things that uh, you just don't even need to say. <laughs> Amen. Ian Bounds, a great author and writer and preacher, said these words. He said, we're constantly on a stretch. 
if not on a strain to devise new methods, new plans, and new organizations to advance the church and secure enlargement and efficiency for the gospel. This trend of the day has a tendency to lose sight of the man or sink the man in the plan or organization. God's plan is to make much of the man, far more of him than anything else. Men are God's method. The church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better equipment, not new organizations or more, or, or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Spirit of God can use, men of prayer, mighty in prayer. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but flows through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. We can get the Lord Jesus working in our life with His marvelous grace and power. We can have power for every burden that comes our way. Power for witnessing. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. It says First Thessalonians 1 and 5. Power for witnessing, folks. That's who gives you the courage uh, uh, to ask an individual about uh, their situation as far as their spirituality goes. Uh, uh, it takes the power of the Holy Ghost of God and His marvelous grace in your life uh, uh, to extend that hand out to an individual that's lost uh, and undone and doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It takes the power of God to give you that courage to point blank ask an individual are you born again? It takes courage to go to the door and open the door when two men are in suits there with material in their hands. It gives you power for witnessing. It gives you power when persecuted. But you know what some people's response is? When all else fails, just lower your standards. Everything will be all right. That's wrong. Colossians 1, 10 and 11, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Folks, we as the people of God can have power in the midst of persecution. Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know now what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Those that are on the mission field tonight uh, that are persecuted for what they believe, uh, for having a little gathering under a tent somewhere, uh, my friend, listen, God gives them the strength through His grace and power to handle that persecution. Amen. It's more magnified in the mission field because, Brother Maxie, they'll get to... Uh, tents together and they'll erect those tents and they'll begin to preach the gospel and they'll invite people under that tent. Not happened, it, it happened not only about uh, two years ago, I believe it's been. Uh, we sent some funds uh, to the uh, Free Will Baptist, sent funds to uh, help with an in project in Inman that was down in Mexico. And, and they went down there and they uh, 
they put up a huge tent. And uh, we sent some uh, preachers down there from the Bible Institute at Brother Earl Hendricks' church. And uh, they went down there and they began preaching the gospel. And before you knew it, before the week was out, the tent was burnt down to the ground. And this may surprise you even more. Guess who burned it down? The Catholics. The Catholics burned it down. Of course, upon the Hispanic uh, nations and the Hispanic culture, Catholicism is their main avenue of religion. And they were getting a good dose of Jesus. And some of the higher-ups in Catholicism went down there themselves and burned those tents. After the authorities got involved and discovered that, we were assured by the president of Mexico that it would not happen again. Whether or not it will or not, we'd never know. It hasn't at this moment. But the Catholics down there got a message from the president of Mexico saying, leave the Christians alone. Do not touch what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. Can you imagine an individual that spent uh, uh, the last few years in school and then all of a sudden he has uh, been called to his homeland in Mexico and he's trying to spread the gospel and he has a couple of nights. I don't even know if they had any nights of service. I'm I'm not sure about that, but before they could even get started good, we'll put it that way, uh, the whole tent, uh, that would probably seat a hundred people or so under it, were completely destroyed. Persecution on every hand. See, a lot of people wouldn't think that to be persecution, but in that land, under the circumstances, it was. His grace can give you the power for every burden. His grace reassures us with love, a love for God. We respond to His love. We love Him because He first loved us. I've got a pretty neat computer program at home, and some of y'all have it as well. You can just go in there and search a word in the Bible, and it pulls up. Uh, the Word and tells you how many times it's in the Bible and where it's at in the Bible. I was searching a database the other day for information and verses on the love of God and I received the following response. Come across my computer. It said, Your search inquiry returned too many results. Please refine your search. <laughs> too many to tell. Please refine your search. There's a lot in the Word of God about love. Amen. We reflect the Spirit of His love. There's no fear in love, 1 John 4.18 tells us. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Love for Christ has caused millions of Christians to sacrifice and go to those mission fields and place themselves in danger and place themselves in harm's way. But it's their love for the calling. It's the love uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ that called them. Folks, it takes a special individual to be called into the mission work. 
Not only uh, Brother Howard here at home, but but, but it, it's really difficult uh, uh, to, to for one to answer a call and go to a country as Uruguay or, 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 or China or Japan or India or Mexico, wherever it may be. It takes a moving hand of God and power of His grace to touch that heart and leave them. But yet through grace, that individual has to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he doesn't follow the Lord, he'd be the one of the most miserable people that you would ever want to meet. I've seen them uh, that had not given in to the mission work and been called to preach and hadn't given in to the mission work. And finally they would two or three years down the road and they said they were tormented day and night because they didn't listen to the Lord. We ought to listen to Him. Amen. Whatever He speaks to us, we ought to listen to him, we reflect that spirit of his love, that love that he has for us. Then we begin to love him, but we also have a love for others. The fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Galatians five twenty five. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. His grace reassures us. Also tonight, with a sound mind. A well-balanced mind or a mind under sound influences. I don't know how many times we can say it or how many times we can preach it. But if rotten stuff goes in, rotten stuff's coming out. Filth comes in, filth's going to go out. It's important to protect our young people in the day in which we live from being victimized by computer threats and the filth that wanders those airways. We have to be a parent that is always on guard of what may be the newest thing on the block. Folks, if there's any way that Satan can get your children or get your grandchildren, he will. He will try his best. To cause trouble in your family. But by His grace we'll be able to make it. Amen. We need that well balanced mind. A state of mind that every Christian leader is challenged to cultivate. And they have that through salvation. And we know that salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Him and Him only tonight. Titus chapter 3 verse 4 through 7. Listen to the word of God. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Hallelujah. It's not by what we've done. It's not by what you've done in your life. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ and what He'd done by spreading mercy upon you, by spreading His grace upon you to save an old wretch like me. It took God's grace and God's mercy to reach down a hand, a soul giant, that He could pick me up, set me on a solid rock, but yet it's still so tiny that it can touch the smallest of broken hearts. 
That is the God that I serve. That's the grace that He can provide. So when you're going through valleys tonight and you're going through situations that you're just not sure of, let His grace reassure you that everything's going to be all right. We may have had a bad day on the job, but we may have had a bad week in the workplace. A bad month at the house. Hold on to the hand of God. His grace reassure us with a sound mind. Through our salvation, we've been promised and the hope of eternal life according to the scripture that we just read. Eternal life, folks, means that's forever. And that hope of that place called heaven. Salvation allows us the ability to understand spiritual things. You see, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Why is it that when a lost man first comes under the, uh, the hearing of the gospel, the hearing of the preaching of the gospel, the first thing he says is, those people are crazy. Oh, that's foolish to believe that stuff. That's just a fairy tale. And those that only come one time and hear the sound of the gospel one time, they may leave with that impression And retain that impression their entire life. That's why it's important that you and I tell them that no, it's not a fairy tale. No, it's not uh, uh, what you think it is. You see, God chose the foolishness of preaching. God chose the foolishness of preaching. In other words, the Lord Jesus knew that there would be people in the pews uh, from time to time that look and say, that's just plain out foolish. But to us that are saved, it's something completely different. I don't think it's foolish. I think it's the power of God. Amen. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. Thus saith the word of God. We can have that reassuring grace through the Scriptures. You see, the Scriptures give us wisdom. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.15, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, uh, which is in Jesus Christ. Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I think of people that I've went to in the past and I've tried to encourage with instruction. And you can even show them in black and white through the Word of God. And they still would despise what you're saying. Why would an individual that you're trying to help... In their walk with Christ, despise biblical instruction. 
Why would they despise wisdom? I really can't figure that out other than they're really wanting you to put your approval on what they're doing, which may be sinful. But when we don't put our approval on it and we tell them how it should be according to thus saith the Word of God, people will get angry with you and they will despise you even though you're trying to give them good wisdom. You see, the Scriptures tonight will produce that sound mind. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Our human reasoning alone tonight isn't enough to discern truth from error. The best protection against deception is to know God's revealed truth, which is in the Word of God. You can gain wisdom. You can gain that reassuring grace of knowing tonight that Jesus Christ is coming. I believe that, don't you? I still believe He's coming. But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus, will God bring with Him. For this way, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself, Shout of sin from heaven with a shout and with a voice of the archangel. And with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Then he goes on and says, says, wherefore, comfort one another. With these words. When your grace tank is running low, when your power source is running thin, let me assure you through God's word that our God has not changed. Amen. He is the same today, yesterday. And forever. He is a true and living God. He's got all of the grace available that you would need. As you walk in this journey called life as a Christian, He may continue and will and can continue to pour out His love, His grace, and His mercy. To help you go another mile. I know how life is. You know how life is. Sometimes Satan will put in your own mind. What is the use. For me going. Any further. What is the use. For me to say. Another prayer. That's when you need to say get thee behind me Satan. 
Because you serve a powerful God tonight. A God in heaven that is sitting on His throne, His Son at His right hand, waiting for the signal to come and get you and I. Satan wants you discouraged. Satan wants you distraught. Satan wants you defeated. We need folks that will stand up and tell him that our God still reigns. That our Lord is still on high. Verse 9 there in our scripture in 2 Timothy tells us we are called according to His purpose and grace. We may not know why difficulties come into our life. But if we realize that the Lord Jesus Christ has a purpose in your life, we'll grow in grace. And we'll find a reassuring hand of the Lord Each step of the way. We go through the valleys at times to where the grace can pick us up and teach us a lesson. For the journey ahead. We go through those times. We go through the valleys uh, a lot of times just to where God's amazing grace can get you up out of the valley. To show His power towards you. To reassure you that He's still God. and He can still take care of you. Folks, we serve a great God with an abundant amount of grace for every need. Whether it be those bereavement, those that are dying, those that are struggling, those that are hurting. God has enough grace for it all. You stand tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer. As they come get us a song of invitation. Our Father... Lord, we do count it an honor and a privilege to be here tonight. Lord, I thank you for your marvelous mercy and that reassuring grace that we've preached on tonight. I'm glad to know that I'm always under your grace. And Lord, I'm always glad to know that your grace will help us in the times that we need it the most. And Lord, we do understand tonight that some of that grace may not be available until we reach where we think is the end. But at least we know that that grace is going to be there. Your hand is not too short. Your eyes are not too dim. You're going to look after your children and take care of us along life's journey. Lord, be with us tonight. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask. Amen.